Everybody doing good today? Man, it was so cold out yesterday. It was, it was an oven. Anybody, uh, my family, just want to welcome you here. So, yeah, I'm the pastor. But we went to Disney World one time in the summer. Summer here. If it's hot here, man, it was an oven there. It's like, I don't care where Mickey or Minnie is. Just give me air conditioning. It was really hot. But anyway, said all that just to say it was a warm day yesterday. But, I mean, just enjoy all the seasons. Here in Ohio, you get to experience them up and down all the time. So that's wonderful. Uh, but God is just so good. I wanted to bring a couple of announcements to your attention. Um, if you notice uh, Mallory, Miss Mallory, when she's up here, each week, baby's coming. And uh, so um, their group, Justin and Mal, have the 20s and 30s. Uh, life group. Um, we're going to uh, absorb that group, the 40s and 50s. So 20s and 30s, we're going to meet this Tuesday. Uh, with the, You're going to meet with the 40s and 50s. There's a, we have a good group of us there. We have such fun. We're going to meet. We've met here, obviously, but we've been meeting off campus, and it's been really great. We're going to meet at Sonic again at 7. So if you're between 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, and uh, you know, just come out um, and um, join us at Sonic at 7. If it's raining, we'll go to Steak and Shake. If you're in the 60s and over, and you're just like, I just want something to do, come on over. We'll, you know, hey, we'll have fun no matter what. So we're just glad to be able to, to be with family. And obviously, we have these groups designated, but it's not, you know, it's not like, you can't come. That's, that's not how we are. We just, we just want to get together. So we're just making that easier. So that is going to happen. So the 20s and 30s uh, are now going to be with Pastor Kim and I with the 40s and 50s, and we're going to do that for a little while. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we'll just see right now with Mal and, and Justin and the first baby coming, just to help clear their plate a little bit. Is uh, And every mother in there could say amen or in here. You'd probably appreciate that because she does a lot for me. She, you know, she's always studying music and what to do and what new is coming and and uh, she takes care of uh, different things for us here in the office. And so just trying to, to help out and to, to make that transition for them just a little bit. Plus, that's my grandchild. So, yes. Uh, so it's all good. Uh, so that's what's happening there. Um, uh, I, I'm excited. I just got to talk to a young man today. He can't wait to come to 180. I asked him how old. He said, I'm 10. I said, when will you be 11? He said, in August. I said, well, then start coming to 180 in August. I don't care if you are 11 at the end of August. You're in your birthday month. We're good with that. So he was like, yes. He turned to his sister. His sister was like, great. (laughs) But it's all good. It's all good. We've been talking about glowing in the dark, and um, we've went for that series for quite a while. We talked about the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. We broke all of those down so we have an understanding of what God is saying. It's really important then that we come back with just um, a battle plan, so to speak. Because the enemy wants us to know, and I, I, you, know, you already know, the enemy is a liar. And so he's here to tell you whatever you do, whoever you are, no matter what your age, it's not significant. Yeah, nobody cares about you. you know, he would have you, his theme song would be Charlie Brown theme song. You know, why is everybody picking on me kind of theme song. But I'm here to tell you again, the enemy is a liar, and so God has something more for you, and really, he's already provided for it. Part of our issue as people is just being able to receive 
and get what God has for us. Now, that sounds like that's really simple, but it's really hard, it seems like, for many of us, and myself included at times, to grab that concept. But if you, you know, let me just, I'm going to make it as clear as I can. It's a little different from what I did first service, but my kids come to my house. They don't have to ask permission to go to my refrigerator. They don't have to ask permission to come to my house because they're my children. So what is mine is there. I mean, I don't care if they can go in the refrigerator. They can do whatever. My kids have come out. My sons are masters at building sandwiches. I mean, like, dude, they can build a sandwich that's like, now, my first thought when I see their sandwiches, like, they had, that's probably the whole package of whatever we, but you know what I'm saying? They know how to build it, and man, it just looks awesome. Around 4th of July, it was just awesome. I mean, because I, it, it's kind of, I want to eat like that, but I can't. I mean, I could, but then I, my first three words would be, hey, I mean, <laughs> But what's really cool is like, you know, my son-in-law, Justin, awesome, skinny, awesome, awesome. He comes back to the table and he has a hamburger with bacon, with cheese, with hot dog, with bratwurst, with baked beans, with potato salad, with macaroni salad. I mean, he's got this sandwich and you, you, you got to have a key to unlock your jaw just to get your mouth on it. He sits that down, and Mallory just looks at him, looks at the sandwich, and goes, whatever. It looked so good inside. I'm going, I want one. Okay. Why are you telling me that? I'm telling you is the food is because God has provided for you. Our, our problem is receiving. If we could understand that Father God has things he's already done for you, and all you have to do is to receive it, you'd be amazed at the differences you'd have. I want to talk to you this morning about the power of one. I want to talk to you about how important that you are in the kingdom. Each day, we all have 24 hours. If you live on the East Coast, West Coast, whatever the time slot is, it's still 24 hours, 24 hours in a day. So one day... 24 hours. We all have the same time. And I get it. Circumstances can determine what happens to us in that day. If you live in Columbus or been around Columbus or you go on a trip and you get stuck in traffic, you might be sitting in line and, you know, we, got, we went to uh, Disney one year and we got, unfortunately, in line uh, the Indy 500 traffic. And there's probably 500 cars stuck in line and so we just figured a way to get out and I went you know kind of off road back road and figured out how to get out of there because you know time would just be sitting there you know when you sit 20 minutes and move like a half mile you're going this is not working so I get it about circumstances but let me show you what I mean okay I have four children. I've had, we've had five. One's in heaven with Jesus. But four children, they're amazing. I remember each of them at their first one-year birthday party. My granddaughter, Aerie, just had her one-year birthday party. It's awesome. You know, that one-year party. That's one time if you were a kid, you don't even remember. But that's the time that mom wants you to put your hand, your face in the cake, your feet in the cake, squish it between your fingers, whatever. She'll even, I remember Kim taking my kids' hands and pushing it in the cake. There, isn't that nice? Never do that to me. But still, 
You get to do all that. So, and so that's great. But see, turning one is bigger than that. Something the Lord would show me. Yes, you're one year old, but in that year, that is saying, it's, it's more than that. 365 days you've lived in one year. 12 months in one year. 52 weeks, 8,760 hours, 525,600 minutes, 31,536,000 seconds in one year. So we're talking about one, but that sometimes one can mean a lot. Our first thought this morning is together is not alone. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. They're even, uh, three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. So let me explain this even more. How many are married and have children? Or, you know, maybe you, you're just at home and you're a single parent and you have children. We all know this, if somebody messes with your spouse or messes with your children, they mess with you. You don't mess with mama bear's cubs and don't get mama bear or grandpa bear <laughs> or whatever. Because it's just part of us is because that is part of the fam. That is part of we're together. See, a year sounds singular or a small number. But getting one of something doesn't necessarily mean small. Let me give you an example. If you say, I have one pair of shoes, you have one pair of shoes. They're the same looking shoes, but yet there's two in the singular pair. Sounds like an oxymoron, but you know what I'm saying. If I said, I need a package of Tic Tacs. This is one package, but there are many Tic Tacs in the one package. You could say matches. You could do the same thing with a book of matches. But a true, uh, you know, here's like church. Somebody, well, what's, we have church, true life church. We could say it's, it is one church, but yet we have many members, and it continues to grow each week. There's just things that are happening, and so that's great. It is classified as one church as far as the government is concerned, or even the bank for a mortgage, but there are many members in that one body. If we are the body of Christ, it is the body, the church, but yet many members all across these United States and the world. So it can be strong. Let's just say one noise. So if I clap my hand, it just makes one sound. But if on the count of three, we all clap, one, two, three, much bigger, much more. We're all doing one clap, but yet because we're doing it together. If I say one, but on the count of three, if we all say one, one, two, three, one, much more, much stronger, much more power, one word. There's so much power in unity. There's one vision, one God, one nation. This nation was founded, one nation under God. One nation under God. In that nation, there are many functioning parts. So the enemy is out to sabotage the oneness, the unity of the body. So he'll try to do it one person at a time. He works in the natural realm, your five sense realm, what you can see, sense, or see, smell, touch, taste, hear, all of that, that he works in that natural realm. That's the realm that he works. He's going to get you to see or hear or believe or taste or whatever, anything contrary to what 
the word says. In Genesis chapter 11, you remember the story of the Tower of Babel. So all the people, they, they talked different languages. They didn't talk the same, but they, were, they wanted to build this tower. So they figured out, we need to all talk alike so we can communicate. So they did that. And the idea was to build a tower so high they'd reach heaven and they, you know, and all of, and you know the story. It just goes on and on. They get as high as they can and all of that. So, so they decided to build a tower to, to reach up to God, and they got the same language. So now I want us to think about this. I mean, we live in a time today, sometimes it's not so different. But in Marion per capita, we are probably one of the most populated per city. There is, last I checked, this has been a few years ago, there were 77 churches in Marion proper. 77 and I think now it's, it, it might be close to 100. That's a lot of church in, in a, a 40,000 community around in there, you know, uh, Marian popular type thing. So it's, it, there's a bunch of churches there. And, and in any town, mostly, there's Baptist, there's Pentecostal, there's Lutheran, there's Methodist, there's Independent, there's Jewish, there's Catholic. And then, we, you know, we all, everybody has their own take and all that. But what if we will just go with what the Word says instead of man's take on it, just what the Word says? If we would just say, this is what it says. Well, this is what I feel. I understand what you feel, but what does it say? And let's do that. But we have a tendency in America to do, let's do what we feel and find a scripture to match what we feel. What if we would just see what the word says and then line our feelings up with the word? Let's let the word be our, be our guide. So here's our next thought. Unity isn't always agreement. <clears throat> You can be together and not agree on everything. Just because there's unity doesn't mean you do agree on everything. Let's go back. How many are married? Do you always agree? No. And so, you know, we understand that sometimes you're going to have to agree. We understand the outcome. We want the total, you know, we, we want the, what happens at the end, but we might not agree with all the methods along the way or or, you know, when I, when I was a kid and even, even now and my kids, they know what parent to go to. They know who, who they can talk to the best or, or that they, you know, they know the reaction they're going to get. I knew when my dad came home. So if I was going to talk, I was going to talk to my mom. Dad wasn't the greatest negotiator. Because in dad's world, it was, I'm going to give you a deal you can't refuse. I mean, it was basically the dad's world. He's going to do it his way that, because he's the dad. And so, you know, I get that. Mom, I would try to butter my bread a little bit and go in there. And she might be able to soften dad's world a little bit. That didn't always work, though, did it? So it's okay. I mean, they had to figure out how to make it work. I get it. And as you grow up, you figure all that stuff out. But you don't always agree. Sometimes you have to agree. You're not going to agree on everything. Running a church, I, we don't agree on everything. You know, there's been church splits over paint color. <laughs> some, some people say, we need to have a committee for that. No, we don't. I just need somebody who knows how to understand color. That's probably not going to be me. I, I'm not, I mean, I know what will look good, I guess, but, you know, it's not my strong point, so I just give it to people that that's their gift. So we just let them do that. Our next thought, unity is always agreement as we've talked, but just understanding 
when Kim and I, she likes to watch certain shows. I'm not crazy about Downton Abbey. She liked it when that was all. She's not crazy about John Wayne or the Rifleman. Something's wrong with that. But, but we're still crazy about each other. So we, we have to understand that. All right, Genesis eleven six. Look, he said, the people are united. They all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set up uh, will be impossible for them. So this is without the anointing of God. They build this tower without God's anointing. So just in the flesh. Let's do this. You ever did anything just in the flesh? I'm just going to do this. And then you do it, and, and there's some success in it because there's success in agreement. It makes you understand why sometimes bad people can flourish sometimes just because of the power of unity. Because they're after the wrong cause, but they're, they're going about the wrong cause in unity, and so there is power in that. Nothing is impossible when they're in unity. This is what is happening in the Bible. So the enemy goes after the opposite. He's going to try to get you off of being unified with God or being unified with the church and being, just try to get you upset about everything. That's why prayer is so important. You see, the Bible says that one can put 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000. Now, I want us to think about that, just like we were talking about this. If one can put 1,000, if we're praying, two can put 10,000. Again, think about the body. We are putting the enemy to flight by just mere numbers of being in agreement together. There's really there's so much power in a man being unified with Christ in his mind. Just believing, God, if you said it, that settles it. Whether I believe it or not, your word settles it. That would be his mindset. It connects. Our minds are connected with God. Now, his thoughts are higher than ours, but you know, you can have God's thoughts. God can help you understand what he's trying to tell you because you're unified in the spirit. That doesn't mean you're God. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit reveals those things. We just learned about that stuff. Being connected to God and, and to say, God, what's your take on this? Because this is what I see. The Bible says he can show you mysteries. Stuff that you didn't know on your own. But the enemy wants you to build your own tower. Do stuff in your own flesh. Do it for your own glory. Do it for your own. Well, I just want to do this. Did God tell you? I, I, you know, I think I'm going to. Here's my plan, God. You'll get around to liking it pretty soon. He'll have you build a tower of hate. So-and-so did this to me. I hate that. I'm offended. I'm, you know. And if we bring in strife, the Bible says we open the door to every evil work. I don't want that, do you? I don't want greed. I don't want power. I don't want fear. So much is operated out of fear. Fear of man. I, I, I got to do this because I'm afraid what they'll think. When are you going to stop that? People are going to think stuff no matter what you do. How many know that? You can't get away from that. We, you know, and again, we're being probably live streamed right now. That's you know, I got people when we voted in President Trump. You know, he won the election. Now they're trashing him like he's just—he's your president. Shut up and pray for him. I'm just saying, you're not going to do anything by trashing. Let's just pray, praying about God. Help us, help this country, help this nation. We have a world that people are just doing whatever comes to their mind. Fear. Shootings at big events and bombs and 
Blacks against whites and whites against blacks. Steelers against the Browns. Come on. Just trying to keep you awake. <laughs> he wants to separate you from God just to get out of agreement he, because there's so much power in agreement. Here's our next thought. You see, fear is just the opposite of faith, and it's a big tool the enemy uses. It's just perverted faith. It's faith on the other end. I remember where I was 9-11. Anybody else? I mean, yeah, I, mean, I remember. My kids in that year were in, in a private school, and school got dismissed due to 9-11, and so they were sent home. I remember coming home from the church office to come home because that was going on. And, I mean, my, my phone was ringing. I, people were like, Pastor, what are we doing? You know, all that kind of stuff. I get home. My kids are home. And this is one of those times you want to grab, you know, stuff starts happening to your nation. Come on, somebody. Your freedom is being threatened. We don't know what's going on. And the people that don't even understand, they're looking at the people that might have a glimpse or a hold on it going, help me, protect me. Remember coming home, I watched that plane go into that other tower. I remember seeing that on TV. I remember hollering at Kim, another plane just hit the tower. And she's like, what? And she ran and we watched that happen. And Mallory was in her room. She was sent home from school. She was in her room and she said, Daddy. I came in and she goes, I don't want to go to school anymore, Daddy. I want to be homeschooled. You see, the enemy breeds on fear. There are people that will never fly again. I will never fly again because they're afraid something could happen. I will not give in to the enemy. I will not give in to the enemy. I refuse. And the enemy, he feeds off fear. I went to Florida, I think it was to see my parents before they moved back here. <clears throat> For me, you know, when you get on, anybody fly a lot or fly, you know? I have never flown first class. I will do that one day. I, I mean, all I've seen is movies where that, I want to see that. I want to I experience that. I like a steak, please. Medium well. But I never get a chance to do that. Anyway, but I will. I will. But anyway, I, you know, we'll just fly in normal or whatever. And you know what happens. They wait till all everybody and then anybody else. Okay, now you can board. And they, you board by number and you get on there. When you get on there, it's a free-for-all pretty much. And, and there are people in a plane. If there's three seats, there's the aisle seat, the middle seat, and the window seat. A lot of people like the window seat. Because you can look out and you can see, you know, obviously makes sense. Then the people will take the aisle seat. So it leaves the middle seat. And when you're coming in and everybody else has been seated, you're trying to find a seat, people will not make eye contact with you. Because if they make eye contact with you, that means they're going to sit by you. If you look up and smile or they'll say, could I sit here? You'll have to say yes, but you're wanting them to go on back because there's got to be more seats. Not mine. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's kind of how that works. But for me, I don't, I'm not looking to sit by anybody. I, I go clear to the back if I can. I'll go, I'll go back by the tail. Number one, if you ever have to use the restroom, you're right there. Number two, if the plane ever would go down, the only thing you ever see in anything is the tail still alive. So I'm <laughs> so I just sit in the back. But anyway, I'm on this, I'm on this flight. 
Well, before the plane left, they announced we're delaying the flight. There's, there's been engine problems with the plane. So I called Kim and said, hey, my, pl- my flight's been delayed. I'm not going to leave yet. There's, there's engine problems with the plane. Two hours go by. Still, they're waiting on a mechanic or somebody. Then they say, we're going to give you another plane. So I'm like, okay, cool. They're going to give me another plane. How many know if the, if the plane you're going to fly has engine trouble, you want another plane? I'm liking that idea. So I'm telling Kim, they're going to give us another plane. Like three hours or so go by, and they come back and say, they had a mechanic. Pretty sure they got this one fixed. Pretty, pretty sure? You're going to go on the same plane. And there's people like, I'm not riding that plane. I'm not riding. So I called Kim and said, we're going on. I'm flying. They say the plane's fixed. They say? I'm like, well, yeah. You know, I'm going. Honey, I don't feel good. I don't think you should go. I don't know. Don't go. I want get another flight. Call your parents. Tell them you're going to drive. You're not flying on that plane. And so we were talking, you know, on cell phone in the, in the plane. They're going to get they're ready to board. And I told her, I said, hang on a second. So I get away from everybody. And I said, listen, I am I'm on this plane. Don't you are not on that plane. I'm on this plane. Fred Allen, you are not going on that plane. I said, listen. I, I don't feel I'm to not fly on this plane. I think, I believe God's, it's okay. And then this is what she, now listen to me. I didn't share this in the first service. This is what she said. Is that what you feel God's telling you? I said, that's what I believe God's telling me. She said, okay. Then I believe you. And I said, all right. And I said, I'll call you as soon as we land. Okay, love you. Love you too. So I get on the plane. Now, the battle has begun. I get on the plane, and all I hear in my head is, oh, you're such an idiot. Well, that was the last time you'll talk to her, and da da, da and all of these things are just, because that's what the enemy does. Now, you can yield to that, or you can yield to what you know is true. So I knew what I, I, I prayed, and I thought, Lord, if you don't want me on this plane, I don't want to be on this plane. Because, you know, even in that 9-11, there's people, they're they had something happen, they couldn't make their, they missed their flight or whatever, and then you hear those testimonies, and they're like, thank you, God. I'm like, God, if you're trying to keep me off this plane, then keep me off the plane. But that's not what I felt. So I, I, I'm not talking about my, just my emotions. I'm talking about a peace. The Bible says in Romans to be led by peace. Say amen to that. So that's what was happening. So I said, all right, we're going to do this. So then this is what I told the enemy. I said, you shut up. I will make my flight. Nothing will happen to this plane. It will be good. God will prove it, and the rest will be history. So now the plane gets on the runway, and we get going up in the air, and it is the roughest takeoff I have ever experienced. You know, I'm almost like, Jed, pull the truck over. Ellie Mae is falling off. You know, I mean, just it's ticka, ticka, ticka. And the guy in front of me, I mean, in, in, even up in the air, there's turbulence. Oh, we're experiencing turbulence. Please keep your seatbelts and remain in your seat. You know, there's all the guy in front of me has been drinking heavily. And he turns around and he says to me, we are going to die. And I said, we are not going to die. Yes, we are. No, we're not. And he said, how do you know? And I said, because God put me on this flight. I will get to my destination. I have greater things to do for the kingdom than to be on this flight and have it go down. We are not going down. He looked at me and he goes, okay, beer? (laughs) My point is this. 
Fear will try to dominate you once you even choose Christ and choose to follow him. Then, then the enemy, that's where the battle begins. He's going to make you scared. He's going to make you try to not go with your decision. He's going to make you double think and, and redo and think. And oh no, oh my goodness. And again, I, I, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to be obedient here. I, I didn't use any of these in the first service. I just took my state insurance exam. They probably served that test in hell. It's terrible, in my opinion. I mean, it's, it's good to have the knowledge, but it's, it's a hard test. There's stuff on there. It's like, you might as well be talking babble. Well, the blah, 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 blah. But, but I did it so I can help people. Because there's a, there's a whole other thing with that. And I didn't say that just to promote. But, but anyway, doing that, I was afraid. I had to battle my own fear to do something. There's people in here that need to hear that. You are afraid to do something, but you need to, as Joyce Myers would say, you need to do it afraid. You need to just get, get on with it. You need to just get over it, man. Just start doing it. What I did is I took this test, and you have two hours to take this test. Two hours. And it was 106 questions. Two hours. When I was done, it said... Because you, you can't take any notes. You can't, if you're, you're being filmed while you take it. You can't go. You can't do anything like that because they'll, they'll come in and take the test from you and your test is over. And you will be done. So, you, you know, so it's, it's a state exam. So <laughs> it's, I hit end and it goes, are, are you sure? I mean, it's bad when the computer's saying, uh, excuse me, dummy, are you sure? And he hit it again. The computer didn't say dummy. It said, you have 69 minutes left. Are you sure you want to be done? 69 minutes. I'm like, I'm sure. And this is what I said inside. Father, if I don't pass this, worst case scenario, I get to take it again. Praise God. <laughs> but I believed I was as ready as I could have got. I'm going to believe I passed. So here we go. And it said, because it tells you right away, passed. I'm like, I'm the first one in and the first one out. I'm like, hot dog. I went out there and some lady I couldn't hardly understand took my picture. <laughs> and you had to get a 70 to pass. That's what I got. <laughs> but you know, to me, it might as well have been 95. Woohoo! I passed. I don't have to take that again. And you know why that's a big hallelujah to me? Because I took that years ago when I was working with Pastor Gary to help people. And I had to take that test four times. And they charge you every time you take it. I mean, I'm almost irregular. Hi. Yeah, there you go. Donuts, coffee, sure, bring them over. You know what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is you're going to have to do some things afraid. You're going to have to face your fears a little bit and know that God has got faith that's bigger than anything you're looking at. Whatever is telling you you can't, God is saying you can if he's given it to you, you can. You can. You can. You only can't if you stop believing. There's a piccolo player in an in a orchestra that said, I just, I got lost in the music, said, I'm not going to play. They don't know if I play or don't play anyway. And the conductor stopped the whole orchestra and said, my piccolo player's not playing. He didn't think anybody could hear him, but the conductor could. 
My friends, that's like it is with God. You don't think you're important? Stop doing what God has called you to do. The great conductor can hear and can see, and he'll say, wait a minute. You're not playing anymore. Why not? I need you to play. I need you to work. I need you to do this. Nobody can do it like you can do it. The power of one. God Almighty has placed you for such a time as this. He's called you to True Life Church or to wherever you're serving. Or He's called you to the city. He's called you to rise up. He's called you to go after the lost. He's caused you to help the hurting. He's called you, not caused. Oh, if I said that wrong, you know I mean called. Yeah, because I think I said that wrong. He caused you to serve him. He, he calling you. I can't even speak today, but it'll be good. Me, Tarzan, you, Jane. He's calling you to do what he wants you to do because he needs you. Now, really, God doesn't need anything, but he uses people. How many knows that he's all sufficient? Colossians 2.10 says, and I said it last week, I am complete in him. It's a wonderful thing to know that whatever that is, that peace that you do is needed. Could somebody else do it? Sure. I helped a guy one time back in the day. Remember when we worked on our cars? And you didn't have to take off 20 things just to get to your distributor cap or whatever. I remember a guy said, Brett, you, you work on cars? Yeah, sometimes. Well, you, you look at my car and I said, you, you know, you need, you need new wires and you need to set. Remember you could set your spark plugs, the timing and all that? I said, yeah, could you do that? I said, sure, I can do that. Wonderful. We went over to his house. I said, okay, we bought the stuff he needed. I said, all right. The next thing I know, he was under the hood and he pulled all the wires off and said, here they are. I said, I told you not to touch anything. Well, you were going to replace these. Yeah, one at a time. I was going to put the new wire on the old wire. So now listen, here's my point. So now I had to figure out what wire went where. And if I put it in the wrong place, you know what the engine did? And he'd say, boy, that runs rough. Uh, duh. So then I had to take it off and say, that's not the one. We got to move it over here. Until I could get it right. And then pretty soon it was like, boom. He goes, oh, why didn't you do that in the first place? <laughs> Sometimes that's like us. You, we don't think we're important. And, and could God use somebody else? Yeah. But he's looking for the one that can make that baby hum. He's looking for the one that was created for such a time as this. He's looking for the one that says, God, not for anything I can do, but for you. I must decrease. You must increase. We are to stand together, the power of one. We are the body of Christ. We may be in different skin colors, but we have the same God. The blood of Jesus runs in our veins. We do have a shield. You know, Captain America has that one shield. Isn't that cool? But we have a different shield. It's not a physical one, but that shield is the one of unity. That's just standing together, doing what's right. Acts 17, 26 through 28, from one man he created all nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. He determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God, perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Though he's not far from any of us, for in him we live, we move, 
and exists. Some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. You see, we are, we are made from one God, one blood. That same blood flows through all our veins. We have one Father, live in one nation under God. The enemy wants to divide us. That's his job. But we will not quit. My challenge to you this morning is to stay united. Stay with the book. You're human. We make mistakes. I get it. I understand. You know, I, I say things sometimes. I'm just like, why did I say that? You ever say something and you hear yourself saying it and going, stop saying that. And you're just spitting it out as you're, yeah, it happens to me too. Verse 27 of, of 17 of Acts, it says, His purpose was for the nations to seek after God. We just read that, but he's not far from any of us. I want to explain, and I'm just about finished, that God doesn't hurt people. God doesn't put sickness on people to teach them a lesson. That's the enemy. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Any of those things are happening, that's not God, that's the enemy. So this is what I want to tell you. It's our last thought. It's time to change. You may not be able to change what's happening around you. Maybe you live with a, a spouse that's not saved. I get it. Maybe, you know, this and this is going on, or my workplace is that, or what, whatever. I understand. I mean, maybe not to the extent maybe I should, but just understanding some of this. But just understand, you might not be able to change everything happening around you. But you can have a handle. You can have influence on what is happening to you, in you. If you want to give up your peace, you make that choice. If someone wants to get in your face and get you all riled up, you make the choice to do it. How many know what I'm talking about? You can change you. You can help what's happening to you. If you can help what is happening inside of you, then you, have, you will help what happens that comes out of you. You will help how you respond. And how you respond will affect what happens around you. Well, there's a key. I got a, I got a great wife. But I mean, I haven't always responded well. And I'm still working on it. Because I'm just a guy, I guess. And the women know we don't think like they do. We, we just don't. We, we weren't made that way. But if we can understand each other a little bit, we can accept that. But we've been fighting. Not lately. <laughs> but we've been fighting. And we went, matter of fact, we were fighting. And so we got in the car so we could fight privately. And we went to a parking lot where we could really let each other have what we thought. So I did. I was going to let her have it. And she said and began to tell me, this is what you did. This is how you hurt my baby. You didn't understand. No, 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 And I was all, when we went there, I'm like, oh, when we get there, I'm going to let you have it. And you know what? The Holy Spirit inside me, the God inside me, did something. And she began to say some stuff. And I didn't understand it until she said it. I didn't see it until she said it. 
And I remember saying this. I was going to say, <laughs> and come back with a smart comment, because I'm known to do that. And I, I looked at her, and I said, you're absolutely right. I did that wrong, and I'm so sorry. And she went, what did you say? And I thought, dear Lord, don't make me say it again. <laughs> but I said, you're right, I'm, I'm wrong, I did that wrong. And immediately, the fight was over. The Bible says, if you don't put the wood on, the fire ceases. I never really saw that. Now, I'm going I'm to share one more thing, and I, I'm going to finish this up. I know it's 1134, not going to be about just a couple more minutes. Because we're different, we don't see things always the same. And there, you know, with, with fear and all of that, I was afraid to tell anybody no. Anybody ever had that? I mean, I, I was on staff at a church. I was the associate pastor, youth pastor, worship leader, Royal Ranger commander. I mean, I had a lot of hats. Seventh, eighth grade gym teacher, school counselor. I mean, I, I was busy. And so her and I'd make plans. You know, me being busy. And it was a school Mallory went to. It was a, it also the church housed a Christian school. So, you know, so Mal's in school and all that. And so, you know, I'm busy. And so we would have a date planned, Kim and I. And inevitably somebody would say, hey, PB, I... Hey, can you come over to my house? I need you because I could do some. I, I'm not saying I can fix everything, but, you know, I, I'm, I was definitely strong. I could pick up an, uh, an ox or something. So they, could you come and help me move this or could you do this or whatever? And I'd say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I would give no regard to the plans I made with Kim. And so when I'd come home, she'd be like, oh, yeah, we got to go out tonight. Hey, I can't go out tonight. I got to go help Jim, you know. So we'll, we'll reschedule. It'll be all Okay. And then I would go help Jim, and then she would just be left there. Yeah. And you're all like, oh, oh, you heathen. Oh. And this is what happened. And I want to tell you, this, this changed me. I came, I came home the next day, and we had a garden outside, and we were pastoring in Dayton on staff. And Kim was outside. And, I, and again, I've got a beautiful wife. She had on, I can still tell you what she, she had on some bib overalls and uh, like a, you know, like a muscle shirt where, you know, you could see her shorts. I mean, she weighs like a, I got a leg that weighs what Kim weighs. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she, so she, she was, but she was out there. I couldn't find her in the house. I looked out, she was in the garden and she had a hoe and she was killing the garden. I'm not talking, she wasn't just doing this. I mean, she was like, if she was chopping trees down, she was killing that garden her face the intensity of what she was doing she was just weeding that thing and pulling things and throwing things and weeding and you know and I stood there and watched her and I thought what in the world I thought maybe there's a snake out there <laughs> she's killing it no it was just me so she came in and I said what is the matter now here's what she, she told me this is what she said. I don't know why the Lord's having me share this, but I'm just going to share it. She said, this is what I feel you're doing. And I said, doing? Because in my mind, because again, I'm a dude. 
you got the privilege just to be married to me, woman. How many guys? So yeah, I mean, we're just guys. I'm not saying that's right, and I probably wasn't thinking that, but maybe to some extent, I don't know. She said, this is what you're doing to me. I'm trying to keep the weeds out of our marriage, and you're not helping. You're putting everybody in front of me, and I don't have any time, and so I'm weeding. I'm doing this by myself. And she, you know, and she went on to tell me, and that word picture... I can still to this day see, I saw that happen, and she showed me that picture. She said, that's what I feel like. That's why I'm so mad, because I want time with you. Now, this isn't a marriage conference. This isn't that. What I'm trying to tell you is, there are things that God has told you to do. You, the power of one, do them. Do them to the best of your ability. I remember looking at her, and because she shared that with me, I remember crying, and I said, I need you to forgive me. I, I never, now listen, ladies, I didn't see it. You know, and I'll be perfectly honest, and maybe that's because I'm a guy, I don't know. I didn't see it until the word picture of her doing that. Then I could see what she was talking about. What has God told you to do for you to do? Paul said this one thing I do. What is it? Brett, I'm afraid. Do it afraid. God's got plans so much, not for just this church, but for you and your family and for this city. I challenge you to learn the things that we've talked about, about the Holy Spirit. Put all of these things together today. And I'm sorry it's been a little scattered. I just have to do what I believe he's telling me to do. I, I didn't share several of those things in the first service. Why it went this way, it doesn't matter to me other than I just want to be obedient. And I want you to get what God has for you. I want you to walk out of this place and know that nobody here condemns you. I'm not here to judge you. I'm just telling you. I've proven to you if there's ever a thing for grace, I am the candidate that has used it. <laughs> Grace and mercy are new every day. Thank you, Jesus. But there's great things ahead of you. Put your mind on it. Put your hand to it. Put your heart to God and get it done. The power of one. Bow your heads. Close your eyes.